Hello, and welcome to Introducing Me. I'm your host, Sarah. I started this podcast to get to know other people and lifestyles while discovering more about myself. Each episode, I will give a new guest a chance to discuss their background, culture, interests, or whatever they want to talk about to help increase all of our own worldviews. Today, I would like to introduce you to Anne Hintz. She has developed the ability to sense inside her body and release physical tension stored in her connective tissue using solely the focus of her mind. So Anne's got some interesting things going on, and I'm excited to get her to know her today. So Anne, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit more about yourself? Okay. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Um, I am, I'm a wife, a mother. I live in California, but I was born in England, so I have a mid-Atlantic accent. If I go back to England, they think I'm American, and here they think I'm English. And I have written a book, so the book is about my story. And I'm here to share my story because I've developed some abilities that I never knew were possible before. So I wanted to share those with other people so they know how powerful we are when we do the inner work whatever it might be. Great. Well, why don't you go ahead and, you know, we'll start off with you sharing a little bit about that story and we'll, we'll go from there. Okay. So I did have a fair amount of trauma in childhood. A lot of us do. Um, you know, it's all different. Some of my things were I was born with my right foot up against my right shin. So the first six weeks of my life, I had physical therapy And then I was handed over for adoption into a family that had just suffered a trauma because they had a a two-year-old boy who was also adopted. And then they adopted another little girl. And at that time in England, the birth mother had six months to change her mind. And this birth mother did change her mind. So my parents had to hand this little girl, six-month-old girl back to her birth mother. And I was the replacement into the family for that little girl. So I know... Adoption itself is a trauma, but then I was also adopted into a family who were afraid that my birth mother was going to do the same thing. So, but she didn't. <laughs> and, and at six months, we started moving around the world. So the first place we moved to was Barbados. Then we moved to Sierra Leone in West, West Africa. And when we were there, we actually had a house fire. And I woke up one morning and saw the flames coming in my bedroom, in my bedroom wall, through my bedroom wall and alerted the family at that point. So that was a trauma for, I was probably about three at that point. And then from there, we moved to Hong Kong. And while we were in Hong Kong, we were, I was sent to my brother's boarding school in England, which was a boys boarding school. So I was the first girl boarder at a boys boarding school, which could have been fun, but it wasn't particularly because I was teased mercilessly for two years. So that wasn't fun. And then Then we moved to Bahrain and I moved to a girls boarding school. And during those teenage years, both of my parents became alcoholics. My dad already had anger issues. So I was very used to walking on eggshells at home. And that just kind of made it more so. I was just afraid. I I just lived in fear. And then when I was 19, I woke up one morning and found my mother dead on the bathroom floor. So that was another trauma. And, you know, we're programmed in childhood in how to deal with these kind of things, or in my case, how not to deal with them, right? So we never talked about any of these things. We just went on with life. And that was my normal way of living. I just, I just carried on with life and kept it all inside. So 
I moved out to the States when I was 21. I became a software engineer. I got married. I had kids, went on with life. And then it wasn't until I was in my late 30s when I had a business altercation with a couple of other mothers at school because they thought I had done something wrong. And they were very self-confident, self-assured, authority-type women. And I was not. I was this really scared mother on the inside. And they told me I'd done something wrong. And my mind just started spinning out of control. It took about three days and it just went over and over what had happened, what they'd said, what I'd said, you know, just over and over, spinning around and around. And I realized at the end of that, that I don't think this is normal. (laughs) I don't think other people would react this intensely to something that really wasn't a big deal. And I realized at that point, oh, it felt a little bit like how I would react when my dad told me I'd done something wrong. So for me, that was the little opening, you know, a little inkling that maybe there was something from my childhood I hadn't looked at yet. And maybe I should, maybe I needed to. So that was the beginning of my journey. And so kind of making that connection there, what did you do to then kind of face the past or realize what you needed to do to have a better future? Well, I didn't really know what to do at the time, but I happened to go to a doctor's appointment and he was a holistic physician, but I don't remember why I went to him. I've no idea why I went with him. I know it was nothing to do with emotions, nothing to do with my history, but he recognized I was more stressed than I should be because I was a stay-at-home mother with two young boys, which can itself be stressful, but he recognized it was more than that. And he asked me on a scale of zero through 10 what my stress level was. And I said, eight. And then he asked me why. And it was that question that made me realize it was finding my mother when I was 19, which is now two decades earlier, because the tears were still just under the surface all this time later. And so he happened to know this technique, which is called EFT, which is short for emotional freedom technique. It's also called tapping because we're tapping on certain places in our body, a little bit like acupressure as we're talking through something that happens. And I walked away from that appointment, being able to tell the story of her death in my mind for the first time without the tears there anymore. And that was the first time I realized how much we hold all those emotions and those memories physically inside of our body and that we can let them go. So had you previously like talked about any of your trauma, like because you did get married and you kind of like were moving on from things? No, I didn't really. I mean, my husband actually is English too. He's British too. And I met him before I moved out. So he had met my parents. He met my mother before she died. So he knew that they certainly had issues, (laughs) but I never went into it in detail. No, because it was really, it was all suppressed. So I didn't, I wasn't aware that it was doing anything. So there was no need to talk about it. So after that doctor's appointment, I went home that day and I went online and I learned everything I could about EFT because it was given away by the person who developed it, Gary Craig, for free. And I wanted to learn about it. And I also had this engineering background, right? So I like to know things work before I spend time doing it. So I wanted to check it out more than just this one which could have been a fluke, fluke, right? This one example with this doctor, I wanted to try it out on something else. And I happened to have a 17-year-old cat at home at the time and we'd just been told his kidneys were starting to fail. 
and that we needed to give him a daily saline shot, an injection of saline solution. And I was so afraid of doing that. And the first time I did it, my hand was shaking so badly. I didn't want to have to do it every day. And I didn't think I could. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll try out this technique. So I tapped about every aspect about it. I tapped about my hand shaking, about my fear of hurting my cat, and all the memories I had from all the injections I'd had from living around the world. And the next day, the needle just slid right in. So that was amazing to me, but it made me realize two things. It made me realize that EFT is deceptively powerful. It doesn't look like it's doing much. In fact, it looks kind of silly, but I realized it really is doing a lot. And that's when I realized that the freedom is on the other side of that fear. And that's really where I wanted to be. So that's when I started using it. I started using it every day. I started first noticing when I was emotional or when I was triggered by something, which in itself is quite a step, right? Because we get so caught up in our emotions to, to be able to stand back and say, oh, look at me, I'm actually getting triggered. That's a step in itself, but it gets easier over time. So maybe the first day I'd notice one time and I'd tap and then the next day I'd notice a couple of times and I would just tap. I use the technique EFT, bring myself back to peace, release that emotion, which is really just energy that's stored in the body. And EFT relieves it, it removes it or lets it pass through the nervous system and just out of the body. So I just kept going. And over the months, I noticed that my mind was becoming quiet and peaceful and I was becoming less reactionary, which was so, I, that's what I wanted. I wanted to be really peaceful. And I wanted more of that. So what I did is I wrote down every emotional memory I could think of from childhood and my earlier years. And it was several sheets of paper. And then I tapped through one each night for about an hour to an hour and a half each night after dinner. And over the months, because it took a while, I did find my mind becoming quieter and more peaceful. And I remember opening my kitchen door one day and actually saying to myself, it feels like I'm living in a different reality because I had been so used to a busy, critical, judgmental mind, and it was quiet now. And it, it, I just had never experienced that before, and I didn't even know it was possible. So that was a, that was a nice moment. Definitely. No, you said that it kind of like looks a little bit silly when you're when you're doing it. Did like in the beginning when you were doing the research, did you ever doubt that it was real or think like, why, why am I doing this? Is this going to actually work? Well, only in, in some ways, you know, a lot of people think it's kind of pseudoscience, but I was always open to all sorts of things. If they worked, I was, you know, I'd go for it. So I'd try them out. And I had that two experience. I had the, the doctor's experience and then the experience with the cat that was really what did it for me because it was such a difference from one day to the next. And if I can live without that fear and feel so calm and peaceful, that's, that's what I'm going to aim for. And I was determined to change. You know, I had two young boys at home at the time and I did not want to be the parents that I had experienced. I, I needed to do something that was going to change me at that base level. And I found that EFT did that. That's so good to hear. Now, what was it like then after the fact, like now you have 
like a calmer mind and more control, what were the next steps for you? Well, I, I was calmer and I was more peaceful and that, that expands to who's around you as well. So life at home became more, more peaceful as well, which was really nice. And what I found with EFT is it's, it's opening up the subconscious mind and it's expanding our awareness as we do that. You know, so those are terms that we throw around in, you know, certain arenas. And I never really understood what awareness meant, but I do now. So when I started, I wasn't really aware of how I felt during the day, right? Because I'd suppressed everything so much. So if someone had said to me, how are you doing today, Anne? I would always say I'm fine, regardless of how I actually was, because it was too scary to actually feel how I was feeling. So as I tapped more and more, I became aware of my emotions during the day. And then I kept going. And then underneath the emotions are a set of physical sensations. So, right, we'll use the terms like sadness or anger or frustration. But when you're feeling frustrated, there's tension in your body in certain places. Or when you're feeling angry, right, there may be tension in your jaw and your neck and your fists, perhaps. So I became aware of that tension or the physical sensations underneath the emotions. Now, at the time I was in a group, a book group, we were studying A Course in Miracles. And the guy in that group said, you don't have to meditate. It's all about feeling your feelings. And he would say this every week. And when I started tapping, I was already in this group. So as the weeks went by, I became more aware of what my feelings were. And one day I stopped while I was doing the dishes and thought, okay, I'm going to try and do what he says. What does feeling your feelings mean, right? How how do you do that? Sounds very simple. (laughs) But at the time, you know, I had to become aware of those physical sensations in order to do it. And what I found is that I actually had to hold myself like a statue. So I would become aware of a thought that I was thinking that would have some emotion attached to it. So for me, it was normally a, a fearful thought. And then I would feel that fear, which for me would sit mostly in my stomach area or my solar plexus. I would focus on that tension, the fear that's sitting in my solar plexus. And if I moved or if I, even if I took a deep breath, my focus was lost and I couldn't find it again. So I realized if I could focus on that tension and stop right there, hold myself like a statue, not even breathe, just stop in my breath where it was at the time I could feel this tension, then I could focus on it. So that's what I would do. I would feel this tension. I would even talk to it. Something like, oh, I can feel I can feel this fear sitting in my stomach, in my solar plexus. I just want to feel you. I just want to allow you to be felt, allow you to be there. And at some point, I would have to take a deep breath. And I would notice there would have been a shift at that point, right? The fear would have released slightly. So then I would think the thought again, feel the fear, and it would release again. And I would do it over and over again with the same thought until all the adhesions, all the connections to that thought inside of me had disappeared, which was eye-opening to me because that's, okay, that's what he meant. That's what feeling your feelings is. It's releasing that stuck tension on the inside. So then I would start doing this every day instead of doing the tapping I didn't feel like I needed to tap anymore because now I'm at a deeper level of awareness. So now in the evenings, instead of doing the tapping on my childhood, I would lay on the sofa and I would bring some memory to mind. So like a collective memory, something like 
9-11, right? We all have our own individual experience of what happened that day. So I would bring those memories to mind and feel all those sensations and just allow them to be felt. And they would shift and they would disappear and they would leave my body. And then I'd do it again and again and again until I was at peace with the thoughts of 9-11, which was pretty nice. So that, that was kind of what I call the second step along my journey. So then do you find that you're able to like immediately find peace if something difficult happens? No, no, there's always some work involved, <laughs> which involves that feeling, right? So even yesterday I had someone interactive, interacting with me on Facebook that was not pleasant. It didn't feel pleasant. She was, you know, just, she didn't like what I had to say. So I had to feel that, I had to really feel what that felt like and allow it to release from inside of me. So yeah, it's not an immediate thing. It just takes some work. But but as you move along, it gets easier to notice it, right? I could have got caught up in those emotions and like, you know, come back at her, right? With with anger or whatever. But I knew straight away what was happening inside of me, right? So I could feel those emotions coming up inside of me and I could work with them straight away. So that gets easier for sure as you move along. Right. So in a situation like that, where you're kind of like, I know these feelings are happening. Let me take some time, feel the feelings, get to a more neutral state. Like how then, instead of say like in that instance with this person on Facebook, like instead of acting with anger back or like not good emotions, how do you then direct like a conversation or a situation? Once you've let the emotions go, right, you're more at peace and you can be more balanced in a response, right? You, you wouldn't do an attacking response, right? But maybe an observational response or something like that. It would just be coming from a different place, right? It'd be coming from a pace, place of peace rather than a place of anger or frustration, which is very different. Yes. Now, we were talking beforehand about there being three steps with your story. So what is the third step? Okay, so I was, as I was doing this work, lying on the sofa in the evenings, just feeling all these sensations and allowing them to just r release, at some point I found that I could keep my awareness inside my body after the tension had released, which was really weird. I'd never heard of it before. I still haven't heard anyone else who does this. So. The only way I can kind of explain it is imagine you have a toothache or a stomachache. Right? You can pinpoint with your senses where that pain is coming from. But once the pain is left, you can't find that place inside of your tooth or your stomach again because there's nothing calling your attention to it anymore. I found that I could keep my awareness inside after that tension had released. And so then I started playing with it. Well, I've done it once. Can I do it again? And I found that I could. And then, well, now that I can do this, what do I do with it? And I just started moving my awareness around inside. I was working in my right abdomen at the time and just noticed I could move my awareness sideways and I could find a place with tension. I could feel tension or no tension. So I would focus on the tension and it would shift a little bit. 
and do it, I'd do it again and again. So now I'm doing it at a deeper level, what I was doing with the feeling the feelings. Now I'm doing it inside the body and just focusing on it, allowing it to be. And that's when the shift happens. So I would just do this over and over again, different parts of my body, wherever I felt the tension, my awareness would be called to the place with the most tension. And I would work on that kind of like the layers of an onion. It took many, many months, but eventually I was able to put my awareness inside my head, which was incredible for me because the pain in my left cheek was unbelievable. And the forces pulling my bones out of alignment were just incredible. So it was amazing to me to realize that I've been living with this pain and tension inside my head for five decades at this point, And I had no awareness that it was there because it was there all along. I just had now become aware of it. So then I had this technique already now, right? So I would just focus on it maybe for a second or two to begin with because the pain was so intense and it would release. And I would do it again and again and again. And eventually over time, I could actually feel and hear something release, which was another little kind of scary part along the journey. It's like, am I hurting myself? (laughs) At that point, I researched it and realized that it's adhesions in the connective tissue that were releasing. I'd released enough tension that the connective tissue would release. So then I would just keep going because I realized I wasn't hurting myself. I was just releasing tension. And eventually I'd get to the place where I could actually feel my skull bones relax. You know, felt really, really good. And I didn't really know what was happening, just felt like deep relaxation. So I had x-rays taken last year just for my orthodontist and I have ones from 2013. So I can see, I can see that the eye sockets, the bones themselves have shifted. My jaw was way off to the side and it's now more in the center And my neck, which has always been bent, I've been twisted since I think birth when my foot was up against my shin. So that is my whole body is untwisting. And so my neck is straight and I've grown half an inch at the age of 55, just because of this release of inner tension. And there we go. Yeah. Now, have you had a chance to like talk with a doctor about kind of what's changing within you? No, I don't actually know. I don't. I don't know that I know of any doctor that would be totally open to hearing what I have to say. Yeah. And have you ever like kind of circled back to that original like holistic practice that you were doing with EFT or is it kind of like a continued forward trajectory journey? That's a great question. I do sometimes use EFT still. Whatever is triggering me, right? If something's triggering me and it's a big trigger, right? So I can't, I can't get into my body because there's too much emotion there. Then I will use EFT. If it's something that's more subtle, I can just, I can just go inside and feel it and let it go. But I do also have a weekly group, so I, I have some things that I work on each week. So yeah. And so you shared that you wrote a book about your story. So what kind of additional detail do you share in the book? Well, I talk, the way I think of things is through the law of attraction. When I started this journey, I really wanted to understand it because so many people talk about it, right? There has to be some truth there. (laughs) And I wanted to really understand it. 
And so my first section in the book is how I understand that we are programmed in childhood, right? And that lives inside of us, that programming. And it's part of our signal that we're emitting and we're attracting back into our future based on that signal. And as you go down this journey more and more, it becomes more and more obvious that that is what's happening. It's the feeling that we that we experience or that we stored in childhood. We attract that feeling back over and over again because it lives inside of us until it doesn't, right? Until we do this work and we change ourselves at a deep level, we change our signal and then different things start coming to us. So that's the first part of the book. And then I go into the three big steps and everything that happens along the way, because, you know, the body does <laughs> some strange things when it's releasing tension that it's held for a long time. So I try and share as much as I can in there. And I did it because I wanted to write everything down before I moved beyond it too far and forgot. I didn't want to forget the details. And do you have any plans to write a future book? Perhaps, perhaps, but uh, not at this point. It shares everything I want to share. Mm -hmm. So going back a little bit to your childhood, obviously you had a lot of traumatic events going on and you're at you know, more peace with all of that. I'm curious to know, um, you know, just a little bit more about some of those stories. Um, so really whatever you would like to share, whether about kind of being adopted or the schooling portion, um, you know, going to a boys school as, as the first girl. <laughs> um, I will share a little bit more about the adoption because it was actually a pretty it's it's it was a crazy story and I believe it was just a crazy story so my birth mother she actually left New Zealand I was conceived in New Zealand she was engaged to someone and she left him and left New Zealand and found out she was pregnant on the way back and never told him so he never knew that I existed and then at the adoption she was actually handed the wrong adoption papers for a moment and she saw our family name and the village that we lived in. And there was only one big employer in that village. And she had a cousin who worked for the same company. So she kept getting the company magazines over the years. And she tracked us around the world. She knew which country I was living in when. And then when I was 17, she, she was the one who contacted us. So I found out I was adopted at age 13. And then I met her at 17. Then my adopted mother died at 19. So I kind of almost felt like I was handed over to this family to experience all this trauma. <laughs> and then I was handed back again. And then only this last year, through Ancestry, I found out that my, my birth father died in 2013. So he lived his whole life without knowing anything about me. And he was an opal miner in Australia, among other things. And he had he had a daughter almost less than two years after I was born. So I actually have a new half sister that I just found out about this year who lives in New Zealand. So that's that's fun. But it's it was just a crazy story in my mind. Right. So Dean, are you still connected with your birth mother or now your half sister? Yes, they both live in New Zealand. So it's quite a long way away. <laughs> And have you gone back to any of the various places that you've lived throughout your life? We went back to Hong Kong on our honeymoon. So yes, I think that's the only one. 
yeah, it's the only one. But that's a good question. Maybe one day I'll get to go back again. That would be fun. And I don't know if I need to go back to Bahrain, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, that's a, it's a desert. <laughs> we lived in a, an expatriate compound. So, yeah, it's not the best place necessarily for women because you have to cover up all the time. And so then what has it been like, you know, you said early on about, you know, your accent. What has it been like living in the U.S. as kind of the permanent residence for the later half of life? Well, it, it's been lovely. I mean, I love California. I, you know, the big thing about it is the weather, right? When you grow up in England, you get a lot of weather all the time. You very rarely see the sun. I, at least I think you do more now. But back when I lived there, sunny days were very rare. So it's really nice to have beautiful weather. But I certainly miss the greenery. It's so green in England. But you have to have the rain to have it that green. <laughs> But having an accent, I mean, it was really weird to come out here and experience people loving English accents so much. It just it was like it just felt really weird. But as the years have gone by, I now love English accents when I hear English accents so I can understand it a little bit more. And you still have the accent all these years later. So what is it? Like, do you find it changing that you like are talking more Californian or anything like that? I don't think I have the accent. I know people tell me I have the accent. And if I go to England, they think I'm American. So I really don't have a, a strong British accent anymore. It's just relatively, it sounds <laughs> a little bit English, but yeah, they think I'm American. <laughs> And so what is up next for like you and your life? Like what are the next sort of big plans? I, I try and not plan too much. I do have knowings now that I didn't have before, right? I know things are going to happen. I just don't know when or how. So my goal, I really would like to be traveling around the world, sharing this information helping people understand how powerful we are and just how to understand some of these spiritual concepts because I think I have a good understanding now pretty good understanding so that's going to happen at some point but the biggest part of my journey is working on my insides right I, I'm still working every day I'm working in my uh, cheekbones and my palate and my tooth roots and my jaw bones that's why I'm working to release this really dense old tension that has been there probably since birth or those early years at least. So that's my goal because as I change, I know things outside of me will change. Yeah. And one of the fun things, actually, the, the x-rays, not the x-rays from the front, which are the ones people see most, but in one of my YouTube videos, I have an X, the x-rays from the side and the one from 2013, that person in there, you can tell they're not particularly self-confident. But the one from last year, that person is more self-confident. So changing ourselves on the inside changes our posture. It changes our confidence level. So as I keep going, I know that is going to increase as well. Yeah. Now, what would you recommend for people who want to kind of figure out how to center themselves and kind of get to this more peaceful state like you have? 
Well, it does take a little bit of work, <laughs> right? But once you start noticing if you're emotional during the day, if you're triggered, right? Someone triggers you, something you hear on the news or TV triggers you. Even taking a deep breath at that point is going to change your signal in that moment and change your future. But if you wanted to go deeper than that, then you could learn EFT. It's very easy to learn. And that's part of it, right? It, it looks doesn't look like it's doing a lot, but it is. And you can go online and learn it. I have a video on my YouTube channel. I think it's about 10 minutes and you can learn how to do it. And then you can, you can tap at any point during the day, right? If you're finding yourself triggered, you can go to the bathroom if you need to, right? And just tap for a little while, find some peace, come back out. And in that moment of changing it, I believe we're changing our future, right? If we're going from a place of anxiety or emotion back to peace, we're changing our future in that moment. And have you had the chance to, you know, talk with somebody who's kind of seen your story or read your story or heard your story um, and like share how maybe things have changed for them? I mean, I have local people that I work with, but I do have someone who's been tapping for maybe about four or five weeks now. And to begin with, things kept, she kept noticing things, right, that she hadn't noticed before because the awareness expands, right? So, so it looked to her from the outside like things were a little bit more tumultuous because she was becoming aware of things that were happening. But over this, uh, I think she called me last week, so that was probably about four weeks into tapping, and she said she was experiencing a level of calm that she didn't remember experiencing for decades. So, and it was kind of, you know, it's, un, we're not used to it. If we haven't been in that place for a while, I've had someone say to me, it almost felt like it, it was boredom, right? And, you know, I'd asked, well, could it be called peace? And then they'd realize, oh yes, it could be called peace. It's just different, right? You've got to get used to it again. Mm-hmm. You know, we're used to go, 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 mind always, you know, running and always doing things. And then like, if there's nothing, like the default is boredom, not peace. <laughs> right. Yeah. And we're not used to it. So yeah, you, you got to, we have to change and become used to it and realize, realize it's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. Now, is this something like, has your husband joined you on this journey at all? No, no, my husband's and my my husband and my boys have not. I don't think my boys are ready yet, right? They have used EFT in the past and I have used it on them or with them. My younger son used to have nightmares and I would just go and tap on him on the on the places. And he I'd do a couple of rounds of tapping and he would, you know, then say, Okay, Mum, I can go back to sleep now. Because the memories, the, the stress from the memories would have released. And my husband really didn't have a lot of trauma in childhood, you know, nothing, nothing major. So there isn't really that desire or that will for them to do that work. That's, you know, for me, it was that business altercation. Like it really made me realize I've got to do something. And I think a lot of us have that moment right, when we realize we have to do something, we have to make a change. And not everyone needs to do that. And that makes complete sense that, you know, you kind of had this founding reason. Um, but that doesn't mean, you know, that like, you can't find support in people who aren't doing the same sort of journey. Yeah, 
yeah, I mean, people find all sorts of journeys. What I've realized now, you know, because I can look back on these years of doing this work, that I believe EFT, the importance of EST was the physical aspect of tapping. Right. It makes it different from, you know, talk therapy or other things like that. It's actually that physical aspect of tapping on the body that helps the energy, the stuck energy to release. So and then, you know, then with the feeling of feelings that is working with the physical, it's actually, you know, kind of a weird thing to say because you're just feeling you're putting your awareness on the physical sensations, but it is releasing at a physical level. And then, you know, the third step inside the body is obviously physical. So to me, it's it's that physical aspect of EFT that makes it different from some other techniques that other people might have tried out that might not have worked. You know, if someone's done that, then I would suggest trying EFT just to see if it makes a difference. And did you ever struggle with like the idea of finding awareness or feeling your feelings? Not really. I, it was such a journey. You know, it felt so good to just keep going. And I kind of knew after the experience with my cat, <laughs> you know, it was such a big experience. Freedom is on the other side of those emotions. And, and understanding that the emotions are just stuck energy, right? I don't have to get attached to them. Right? I don't have to get attached to that fear or whatever's happening if I can just realize that it's stuck energy and if I can find a way to allow it to release, it will be gone, then I'm more inclined to do it. And that's what I would keep telling myself. You know, I'd also realize that whatever I'm feeling right now is going to come back to me in the future. You know, so I'd ask myself, how am I feeling right now? And do I want to feel this way again in the future? And normally my answer would be no. <laughs> And so that, that was an incentive for me too. It's like, okay, if I don't want to feel this way again, let me do something about it right now. Let me change the signal, come to peace right now so that I can attract peace into my future. And so then what is it like kind of living a life with so much peace? It's, it's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I felt so heavy, right, in my 20s and 30s. Was, I was carrying so much baggage around with me. So to have that release feels really good, right? It feels it's so much easier to laugh, right? I can be present in the moment. I can enjoy pretty much whatever's happening. I'm not living in the past or the future like I used to be, right? I was always afraid of what was going to happen in the future or or, you know, the words that had been in my in my mind were my dad's words, right? They'd been programmed into me in childhood, and I would play them over and over again. And I couldn't see until they'd left. I couldn't see that they had been my dad's words, right? So they had been living inside of me, so they were gone, and that felt really good. And then your awareness just expands. You become aware at a deeper level. I am aware at a deep level inside of me. And that phrase, as within, so without, is absolutely true. So if you're aware at a deep level inside of yourself, you're aware at a deep level outside of yourself too, right? So I can see tension in other people. I can see when they're holding their breath and not telling the truth because they're not breathing deeply into their body. So I can see the energy interplay between, you know, different, even different political things. It's like I can, I can see it from an energetic point of view rather than the subject itself. 
which just sounds really weird, but but just know that it means there's so much more depth to life, right? I know so much more depth to life than I ever knew was available to us before. So we don't we don't have to you know get totally depressed and think is this it, right? <laughs> if we do this work, we can actually find that there is more to life than we realized before. And in the before, you know, when, you know, you had all of this weight on you and there was all of this trauma and stress and emotions, you've talked a little bit about, like, obviously about the journey. Were you aware of how much weight and stress you had on you or was it more when things started lightening looking back? I was aware that I felt really heavy. I felt dense. (laughs) <laughs> but you're right. It was, it's looking back. It's once you've moved to the next level and then looking back and being able to see what's changed. That's, that's just an incredible feeling to see those changes, but yes, can't see it until you get beyond. So even, you know, now I can sense on the inside, I can see that the tension is darkness on the inside, right? When I'm looking inside my body, tension is, is dark. And I focus on it and release it and underneath it's light, right? So, but I can't see that it's light there until I've released the darkness. And then I can look and say, oh, that was dark and now it's light. So you've got to be able to move beyond to look back and see. Yeah. And, and even like one fun thing is um, I think we kind of tune into our thoughts based on, based on how we're feeling, right? Based on our signal, we pick up different thoughts. So actually experiencing different thoughts that you've never had before, that is fun, <laughs> right? So there's a lot of fun things. And, you know, the serendipities just start just start happening and, and they make life fun. Right. Now, before I start to wrap things up, is there anything else that you would like to share with the listeners today? I would love to share that we we can take more responsibility for what's happening around us than we think we can. And we often think that we're just going along with whatever's happening. Like we might see people arguing and think we're not involved in that at all. Or we might see a politician that we don't like and think that there's nothing we can do about it or a war that's happening. But the part of it that we can control is how we feel about it. Right? So if we notice how we're feeling about those other things, which, again, takes a little bit of awareness, once we notice how we're feeling, we can do one of these techniques to let go of that emotion, that tension, and come back to peace because then we are affecting our future. Yeah, so we do have more control than we think we do. Definitely. Now, at the end of all my episodes, I do ask my guests a random question my question tonight for you is what is your ideal Friday night? Okay. I'm probably a little bit boring there (laughs) because I love, I love just spending time on my own at home. Right. So I would, I would probably be on the sofa with my dogs and watch something. And while I'm doing that, I would be doing my inner work because I can, I can multitask. And that feels so good. So I would just do that. Yeah. I'd also have a really nice dinner because I do like food. 
Alright, that brings this episode to a close, so I will of course be leaving lots of links for Anne in the description, so a link to her website, which of course includes her book, A Pathway to Insight. You can of course get that on Amazon, check it out there on her website, and links to her YouTube that she's mentioned as well, and her Facebook. And if you'd like to connect with the podcast, our website is in the description as well. That brings you to all past episodes, all text, all resources, and it brings you to all of our social media as well. If you'd like to follow the podcast, we are on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, so feel free to go and check those pages out. And if you'd like to support the podcast monetarily, a link to do that is in the description as well, along with my email if you'd like to connect with me and be a guest on the show. So thank you so much, Anne, for spending time with me today. And to my listeners for taking the time out of your day to hear a new story. Until next time, bye. Hi, thank you. It's been fun.